0: Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Monash. On today's show, we're talking about lumber futures. But first, our development company, Y Street Capital, continues to be active in the current market despite the more challenging market conditions. We're very selective about projects we choose to engage in, and we remain focused on those locations that meet our criteria. We have new opportunities that are opening up that are available to United States investors who are accredited only. And if you're interested in learning more about them, send an email to info at VictorJM.com. That's info at VictorJM.com and we'll be happy to add you to our mailing list and we promise not to spam you. Of course, this is not a solicitation for investment and any investment that takes place would happen by prospectus only for qualified investors and in compliance with SEC regulations. On today's show, we're taking a look at what's happening in the world of softwood lumber and lumber futures. Entire construction industry for new homes and many multifamily apartment developments are heavily influenced by lumber futures pricing. There's a fundamental change taking place in the way that lumber futures are sold. But first, we need to look at the two different types of futures contracts. The first type of futures contract is to purchase a rail car worth of softwood lumber. That futures contract is an obligation to take delivery of a rail car worth of lumber. The second type of contract is an option contract which gives the buyer the option, but not the obligation, to purchase a railcar worth of softwood lumber. This distinctions important, since it would intuitively make sense that you would pay a different price for the option versus the price you would pay to fulfill an order. Now let's park that for a moment and talk about one of the major changes that's taking place. An entire railcar worth of lumber is a lot of lumber. The buyers for such a vast amount of lumber are limited to major distributors, the big box stores, and the large-scale builders that are completing dozens or hundreds of homes each year. Lumber futures are traded on the Chicago Mercantile Exchange. It's a commodities market, same place that you trade for gold and other commodities like silver. The new futures contracts are based on a smaller amount. They're based on a truckload of lumber instead of a rail car. There's approximately four truckloads of lumber in each rail car worth of lumber. That's enough two-by-fours to build somewhere between five to seven houses. Lumber futures have been a good way to approximate the price at the end of the supply chain. They're a leading indicator of what's happening at the front end of the supply chain, and several months later, an increase or a decrease at the front end will appear at the end of the supply chain when you actually go to purchase finished materials and install them in a home. By having a smaller futures contract size, it makes it possible for a much larger number of smaller home builders to participate in the futures market. Builders may want to hedge their building costs by pre-purchasing materials months before they actually need them. A truckload of lumber is approximately the amount of material needed to build one or maybe two single-family homes in the U.S. or Canada. Under the old system, the price was based on the delivery of lumber in British Columbia. It did not include the transportation cost to the end user. Under the new system, the delivery is to Chicago, which is a bit more central. It's still not going to pay for all of the transportation to get to your building site, but at least a portion of the transportation cost is embedded in the futures contract. The price of a truckload is definitely going to be higher than the equivalent price for a railcar, and that's for two reasons. Number one, the previously mentioned transportation cost is now embedded in the futures contract. And number two, there's more participants in the market, which could ultimately drive up the price. While it might seem like a step backwards to have more buyers bidding up the price, it's actually a good thing. It's a savings. The commodity price is higher, but smaller builders may actually save money by purchasing direct from the supplier instead of having to buy through a distributor or a big-box store. The market could be considered to be more liquid. Another major change is the inclusion of species that grow all over the United States and Canada, not just the species that grow in the Pacific Northwest. Lumber mills in the Pacific Northwest are closing. and That's not because of a shortage of trees. The U.S. has imposed an 8% duty on softwood lumber imports from Canada, and that's reduced demand for trees coming from British Columbia in favor of lumber coming from the southern U.S. We've seen the same companies that own lumber mills in the Pacific Northwest investing in lumber mills in the South. The old lumber contracts stopped trading a few weeks ago, and the new lumber contracts have been trading since August, with a period of overlap for most of the past year. The new futures contract has been trading consistently about $100 more than the old futures contract when you measure it per 1,000 board foot. And that's not necessarily a true price increase since the cost of transportation was being paid anyway, but it was being paid outside of the futures contract and now it's embedded within it. These changes are a good thing for the industry. Greater liquidity with a larger number of participants makes for a more efficient, less volatile market. The negative impact might be for the big box stores and the lumber distributors who might see some of their lumber demand being diverted from the traditional supply chains with buyers going directly to the lumber mills. Ultimately, it's a good thing for the construction industry and it has the opportunity to reduce costs. Builders have been struggling with gaining control over their cost structure over the past couple of years with the wild price springs that we've experienced. By accessing the futures market, builders will have more control over their cost structure in ways that was previously impossible. And for those that are developing multifamily apartments, it can be a game changer. A smaller options contract can also mean the cost of hedging for a single project is lower. As the option exercise date approaches the futures contract date, the premium on the option will eventually fall to zero and the purchase price will match the price of the futures contract. If you're a builder, you might want to take a look at a fresh alternate source of supply that might have been previously outside your field of view. As you think about that, have an awesome rest of your day.